Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to our Not On Your Side Sports Podcast. I'm Sports Director Brian Bailey at WNCT TV9, joined by Ken Watlington, our main anchor and our sports expert at Channel 9, and Garrett Short, who also does a great job with our staff. Now, I want to start tonight with kind of our midseason football report, and we'll talk about some other things as well. But I really want to talk about Touchdown Friday a little bit because we are up for an award, which is great. But I'm <laughs> telling you, we've got the best, you know, all the years we've been doing the high school football show, we've got by far, and please, Brian Medor, Chris Stansberry, some of the older guys have been with me for a long time ago. But we've got the best staff that we've ever had. I mean, night in and night out, the guys go out, they shoot the video, they get back, everybody works together. And I just want to thank you guys. Uh, Jason Board was going to join us, but he had something come up, and he does a great job as well. But it's been a fun, fun season. We're already into week 10. Can you believe that, Ken Watlington? I can believe it because it's, uh, it's been 10 weeks of high school football, relatively good weather, except for, you know, the one week we had the remnants of the hurricane kind of push everything back a day or ahead a couple of days. But – yeah, it's been a good season. I feel like it's felt like five or six weeks, maybe. It's gone by lightning quick to me. And I say it every year, and as I get older, it really comes into play. But, but I look back, and as soon as the calendar turns to August the 1st, it's like everything just flies because, you know, you're leading up to the first week of the high school football season. When we do a show like this, there are always changes. There are always new people coming in. The hardest show to do is the very first week show because, you know, nobody really knows what's going on. <laughs> By now, everybody kind of has the idea and everybody gets together. And the best part about the, the working on the show is that now when people get back from their games, you know, they get their stuff done and then they start helping everybody else out. Because sometimes, and you guys both are, you know, you know, you get a game that just takes forever. Some of these games last an hour and 45 minutes. And not not the ones them, I go to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some of them last forever, and especially in you guys' cases that you're trying to, to get a package back with interviews and yeah. reactions and that kind of thing. It's, 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 really, it's really difficult, but it's a lot of fun. I would say 50% of the time I get back to the station after the, either covering the game of the week or the backyard brawl, and everybody's left because it's so late. <laughs> But that's okay. We send you guys out on that, far side. But that's that's the uh, the beauty or whatever of uh, Eastern North Carolina. We go from you know the Virginia North Carolina state line all the way down to Onslow County and Jacksonville, twenty nine some counties. A lot of schools spread out, and sometimes you got to get in a car and you got to drive. And also sometimes yeah. you can't complain because if it's a good game, and I'm talking like a really good game, yeah. it's worth sticking around the entire time and getting to watch because that's great entertainment. That you can and if you want a good on. game, don't invite me. Because yeah. every game I've been to <laughs> in the first nine weeks of the season has been an absolute blowout. Every single one. And that happens, you know, because we kind of split the game of the weeks and the backyard brawls between you two guys. And, and really, on paper, your game of the week is supposed to be two really good teams going at it. But, as you've said, you know, most of the time we've seen a lot of blowouts for that game. Yeah, you take, for example, uh, just last week, uh, J.H. Rose, the number two team at that time in our top nine, visiting number one New Bern. New Bern's been number one all season. Rose has been good except for that one game in the non-conference against Cleveland, but it was just uh, kind of one of the things where maybe New Bern's just at another level. And Rose is good, make no mistake, but New Bern's really good. I really thought when Tornow took that job that he was going to move that program up. And, and they struggled for a little bit when Bobby Curlings was sick. And, and, you know, he left the program and they struggled a little bit. But Torrey's a great young coach and he's done a great job. And he's got a defensive line. 
I've joked about it most of the year that could start for some colleges. I mean, they're well, that good. No, and then they'll start for colleges soon. Yes, that's for sure. I mean, will. And they've got some great weapons on offense. The quarterback's great. The running back's great. Uh, that's a complete team. They had a block punt for a safety. Uh, all phases of the game. Bears are good. And I talked to somebody this week. I can't remember who it was, but they brought out, and I agree with this point, if Newburn faces a team that, that can play really good defense like the Bears do, but they shut down the running game for Newburn. They put 8-9 in the box and shut down the running game. That's when Newburn could have some problems. But they could be a team that can go a long way, including a state championship, with their defense. I was at the game where Newburn lost in the playoffs last year. I believe it was to Rollsville. And the funny thing happened is Newburn lives and dies by the running game. And when they live by it, they're going to rack up four or 500 running, uh, rushing yards because they're that good. Aaron Herring's great. But they, if they become one-dimensional and a team is able to stop the run, that's when the, uh-oh, what is going on happens. And hopefully Newburn kind of saw their mistake from last year and learned from it. Yeah, the rushing yards last week against J. Rose uh, approached 650 for yeah. the game. Unbelievable. Some, some schools will take that for four weeks combined. They'll take that in a month, yeah. yeah. Newburn 9-0, and they've been the season-long team at the top of our Touchdown Friday Top 9. When you're looking at teams that could make a run for state championships, I think Newburn is at the top of that list. you got to put Tarboro on that list. You can't take Tarboro off the list until they take themselves off the list. And, you know, they had that one bump, was it Week 2 against Hertford County? You thought, uh-oh, this might be the year. It's it's probably not the year. No, probably <laughs> not. Yeah. I mean, look at what they did last week. They went up against an undefeated Riverside team, you know, two of the best teams in the conference, and Tarboro, again, just shows that they're ready and, to flex their muscles. And, and to your point, that. yeah, yeah, double blowout in a game we thought was going to be good. And I'd seen Riverside a couple of times this year. I said, you know what, this one's going to be a little more competitive. I think Riverside's got some guys that can compete. they got a great head coach, a good staff, but Tarboro, man, just another level. I'm, I'm not saying anything about Tarboro, but you're right. Riverside, it might not be this year, it might not be next year, but in the next few years, if yeah. things keep going this way, Head coach Brian Pascal, I believe it is, has a, a great team and I believe a freshman quarterback. And if he keeps going the way he is, they're going to be real good soon. We've got three teams ranked from the East Central 2A uh, currently as we head to Week 10. East Duplin, James Keenan, Wallace Rose Hill. Wallace Rose Hill and East Duplin play this week. Uh, the survivor of that conference could make a long playoff run. And even if you don't win the conference, you could still make a long playoff run between those three. Those three, uh, they've met in the right. They will at the end of the regular right. season will have played each other. I got a feeling they're all going to somehow – get together again in the playoffs because yeah, I think I all too. three of them are really good. Then you're going to have to go through Duplin County probably to get to the 2A state championship game. Uh, another team that's probably in line to win a state championship is most likely John Paul II, JP2. Was, if you didn't bring it up, I was going to make my guarantee that JP2 will play for a state championship in their last season playing eight-man football before they move over to 11-man next year. And, uh, boy, they're good, and they got the big guy, Ryan Roseboro, and uh, they're fun to watch. The Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> he is he's fun to show highlights of and he laid a block the other night I'm telling you what that guy is still asleep I think because he just <laughs> he just crushed a guy on a block I uh anytime I shoot their games and he's coming towards the sideline I, I back up you know usually you try to hang in there as a photographer and you yeah. make, make sure you get the shot he's coming my way I'm, I'm I'm taking some steps back that's laws of physics man it's hard to <laughs> slow down when he right now he's listed on max preps 6'2", 310 pounds. Yeah, Ooh. I'll stay off the field. I'm good Running with the camera. Running the football. And some of those guys that try to tackle him, yeah. 
or yes. like 130, 140 pounds. Did you see the, ball the video of the Braves mascot blooper? And they, he was playing yeah. a little uh, football game against some kids, I guess, yeah. in an Atlanta Falcons game. And he's just stiff-arming the kids. That's kind of what it feels like when Ryan Rosebar has Man the ball sometimes. Boys. Man, he is good. And that JP2 squad has had a great season, 8-0 and on the season going into week number 10. Uh, J.H. Rose made a long run in the playoffs last year in the 3A ranks. Now, Newburn is a 4A school, so they'll be favored in the 4A ranks. Can Rose go a long way in 3A? I think so. I mean, I think they've got a great offense. They didn't really get a chance to to let it shine last week against Newburn, and that's credit to the Bears. And we talked about their defensive line. Um, but, yeah, the quarterback position, they're really good, and they can air it out. And if they get some big, quick strike plays – they can score in a hurry. And that's the thing about J.H. Rose is they play different than a lot of teams in high school or, or in Eastern North Carolina is they can air it out. Their quarterback, Will Taylor, a little bit undersized, but, man, if he was a few inches taller, he'd be getting looks from all over the place. The kid is accurate. He's got a good arm, and he's got some weapons on the outside that he trusts, and that leads to some really big plays. And when you get to the playoffs, and we'll probably have another podcast right before the playoffs start to talk about the matchups and that kind of thing and, and make some predictions. But when you get to the playoffs, you always have those teams that, that may, you know, they squeak in and then they get hot. You know, Conley had a year like that several years ago, and there's always that kind of team that, that you know, that, that gets hot at the right time, and that's what it takes in the playoffs. Yeah, and Jays Rose last year lost against New Bern 48 nothing. Right. And then ran all and they the way through the, the year, East region. Right. 0-3? They did. Start started, the year. Yeah, lost yeah. to uh, one of the Wilson schools. They lost to Cleveland and Omarion Hampton, who's now playing at North Carolina. And they lost to Northeastern. Yeah. And then they got in a conference play and kind of got it figured out a little bit, except for New Bern. And then they made it all the way to state championship. They've had a rough road with New Bern the last couple of years. A Bears. lot of people have yeah, had a, a rough road. Have. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, that's exactly right. But uh, the high school football season heading to week 10 as we uh, produce this podcast. Let's talk Pirate football. East Carolina at 4-3 and three on the year. Uh, halfway home as far as their schedule goes. The obvious goal is to get to 6, to get to a bowl game. You know, We kind of talked about it in the preseason that this could be a, an improved Pirate football team that the record might not show it because of the way the schedule is and how difficult the schedule is. You add in the fact that East Carolina should have beaten North Carolina State they yep. they missed the field goal at the gun. You look at the Navy game, and they had so many opportunities, and they lose that one in double overtime. But it's funny, as fans, what we tend to do is that we always think about the ones that they, they, they could have won, but we never think about the ones they could have lost because they could have lost the Memphis game this past week in quadruple overtime. The longest uh, game in East Carolina Pirate history, and they wear the modern throwbacks with the white helmets, which you know is a sore subject for a lot of Pirate yeah. fans when they bring out the white helmets. I like this iteration of the white helmet, and it looks a lot better when you win a game like that. When you're down 17 to nothing in the yeah. you know, second quarter, it looks kind of a little bit bleak. But the Pirates made a nice comeback in that game. They made a nice comeback, and they, they made a great comeback from that first loss against NC State because that was kind of a demoralizing loss. They they, they had that game yeah. you know, just about wrapped up against uh, an NC State team that would make it into the top 10 a little bit later in the season. But to bounce back from that and get it going and 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 win some games, and then you know they've lost a few. They lost to Tulane, and I know they were disappointed only scoring, what, nine points down in New Orleans, but guess what? Tulane's in the top 25 now. Yeah, and, and Tulane, I was down for that game, and Tulane played a, a really solid football game, and, and East Carolina had their chances. That was a 14-9 game into the third quarter, and the Pirates were you know knocking at the door at the 24-yard line. They threw a pick into the end zone, yeah. and things went south from there. And it was but, a great play but, by the defensive back, tiptoeing the line right by the goalpost. Right. That, that, you know, people want to say, oh, Holt Naylor's, you know, made a mistake. He kind of threw it where – you know, hopefully his only his guy could catch it, and the defensive back just made a great play. Yeah, that was a big play in that game. But uh, 
We will uh, see how the Pirates uh, venture on East Carolina and UCF, and then at BYU, a cross-country trip to Provo, Provo, Utah. And you'll be there. Ooh, yeah, if I make it. That's a that's a four-and-a-half-hour plane ride. But, you know, the charter flights make it a little more comfortable. You're not going to be sitting back and coach, you know, with uh Have you been somebody... on those flights? I've been on a charter flight. I've or been two. on a charter flight that you've been on with baseball, and they are. Oh, nice. the, ba- the baseballs these, are nice. These yeah. are a little. You get different. a whole row to yourself. Yeah, these nice. are these are a little different, and you're kind of squished in there. But uh, I have. I but have you don't three. have to change planes in Charlotte and hope the connecting plane comes That's through true. and all that. So. And, and you know it's funny because when you go on these charters with all the team and everything, you go through and they kind of randomly pick people to screen. Everybody doesn't have to go through screening. Yeah. I've gone through screening every, every road game. Well, I can. You look like a little, a little you know. I can I have, get it. I, get I have it. that look that, that they. Well, you're in all screening. black today. Yeah. I mean, what are you all trying to black. go for here? Johnny Cash. Okay, Johnny the man little, in black. Little Johnny Cash. But you know, when you look at you know, it, are, are there two wins on the rest of the schedule for East Carolina? UCF is obviously not a pick'em game because the Knights are favored by four or five in that game. At BYU, it's a Cougars team that that has fallen out of the top twenty-five, yeah. but they have been in the top twenty-five, and they're they're really a good football team. They've had a tough schedule, and it's a tough environment to play, and it's going to be in a Friday night primetime right. national TV game. Uh, that's a tough one. UCF's going to be tough because the Knights are always good. They're coming off of what seventy points, I believe. Seventy against Temple, and, and it's a UCF team that East Carolina should have beaten last year. Yeah. I mean, that was a twenty to sixteen game, and when you think about it, I mean, it was one of those games that the Pirates had, you know, in their hands and just couldn't get over the hump in the game at Cincinnati on another Friday night. Yep, you know, that's a tough one, but it's not the same Cincinnati team from last year, even though no. the Bearcats are ranked in the top twenty-five now and are one of the better teams in the American as they have been the last few years. Uh, I was just actually at the you know, media availability talking to the coaches and you know defensive coordinator Blake Carroll said you're right this is a gauntlet over the course of the next few weeks yep. you're basically playing the Big 12 because all of these teams that are in the American right that's now true. are about to head and to Houston, the Big 12. Yeah. That's true. And I didn't th- think about that's that. That's the thing they said this is the part they almost backed themselves so that's into four a, bit in a row, corner. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They yeah. basically backed themselves into a corner with that loss to Navy. You're right. They should have won that NC State game. Now they're kind of it's time to put up or shut up because they need two wins, like right. you said. They, so the, they it, need the, they obviously the the glaring one is Temple to end the regular season. But that's at Temple, and that's never easy but for that, East Carolina. That is, if you're looking because at the schedule, cold. that is on the schedule. That is the one that right. you should win. Exactly. That means Houston has struggled a little bit this year, especially with close yeah. games. Whatever it is, I don't care which one. You got to find two because you kind of put yourself behind the eight ball with that Navy game. Yeah. Two quick points I want to make. So if the Pirates beat UCF. BYU, Houston, and Cincinnati, who are all going to the Big 12, Pirates should also go to the Big 12. Just, it just so. makes sense. I think right? we should or write do they that down. technically just skip to the SEC? I don't know. <laughs> right. You and you talk about Temple. Uh, they play in uh, what's it, Lincoln Financial Field, the home of the Eagles. There's never really big crowds. It depends on what time of the day the game's going to be. It's hard to get up for that type of game, you know, after, especially after you probably play in Provo, Utah, in front of a packed house on, on national TV. Yeah. And you go to, to Philly to play Temple when maybe the, the crowd's not that into it. You know, you got to kind of get yourself up. But it's, you know, towards the end, it's the last game of the year, isn't it? Temple? Yes, yes last game of the so year. Maybe and they need think to get about that it, win. Like you said, no crowd. It's probably going to be, you know, really, cold, really that. cold. It's probably full on cheesesteaks. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, it'll be a noon game. And you'll be back in Greenville by 7, 7.30 that That's night. for your but, purposes. Oh, well, that, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Making sure you can have you know, a table set ready for Rick House and get you a good dinner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get back in town. But, uh, yeah, when you look – and that's how fans always do. They look at the schedule. And, and can East Carolina win out? I think so. But 
the odds are certainly against him to, to do all of that. It'd be quite a statement. It would be. I mean, I think it would, it would really set the tone for, hey, you know, this program has turned it around. I think the program has turned it around, but when you look at, at, at games like that, at BYU, what do you think? Pirates would be probably 10-point underdogs there? Mm, More? B, BYU struggled a little bit lately. I think they're only 4-3 and three now in the season, and – uh, it'll be a touchdown, at least a touchdown. At Cincinnati, at least a touchdown. Maybe Houston a little more here, at Cincinnati. Houston here would be maybe maybe pick them. I was going to say a toss-up, yeah, absolutely. Maybe. So it may come down to those last two games, you know, to try to get the six, and that, that puts the pressure on, on you for sure. Or, you know, just beat UCF and go to Provo and win and not worry about it. That's right. Then you got six and you go for eight. <laughs> that's yeah. what they did. I think that's the best plan. That's what they did. They had a little bit of time last year to enjoy it when they had that win against Memphis to clinch it. No more gray hairs at the end of the season. Try and see how many wins you can get. Yeah. Keep it as little stress as possible. Yeah. All right, let's go to the ACC now. And you look at the Atlantic. I think the surprise of the Atlantic Coast Conference this year has been Syracuse, and they're undefeated. Dino Babers, I covered him when he was the head coach at Bowling Green. I was working in that market up in Ohio. One of the greatest guys to, to be around, so full of energy, enthusiasm, and he knows his football. And he's, and he's, he's coached some guys who know their football. He was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's head coach at Eastern Illinois. Uh, back in the day, he coached uh, Josh Gordon, I believe was his name, who had some trouble with, you know, the drugs and whatnot, but was one of the really good wide receivers. He coached him at Baylor as an assistant. So uh, Dino Babers has taken a while uh, to kind of get it going at Syracuse. Uh, will they be able to top Clemson this week in Death Valley? That's the test of all tests. Lots of orange in that one. Yes. That'll be fun. Somebody wearing orange is going to win. NC State 5-2 and two and 1-2 and two as we produce this podcast. And the Wolfpack, you know, looking at some quarterback issues with Devin Leary out. Yeah. And that's a shame. You know, you, you build it all up for that one you know, hopefully magical season. Obviously, State had already stumbled in that loss to uh, Clemson, and then they go to Syracuse and, and can't take care of business there. But but, but losing your quarterback will set you back. And especially he was the preseason ACC yes, player of the year. Uh, which was a little surprising to me when you had Sam Hartman coming back at Wake Forest, who I think maybe is a little yeah. uh, undervalued right now, uh, locally and nationally, because uh, they lost that one game to Clemson at home in double overtime. They've beaten everybody else, and Hartman's looked good since he came back from that uh, that medical issue he had to start the season. Yeah, Jack Chambers, who actually torched ECU last year for quite a bit when he was at Charleston Southern, now steps into that starting role. And the thing is, they're much different quarterbacks. Devin Leary, yeah, he's an athletic guy, but Jack Chambers is a guy that you know he might tuck it and run a little bit more. So how much do you change your offense in the middle of the season to try and accommodate your quarterback if you're trying to you know, advance to a bowl game, and a good one at that? Of course, the Atlantic champion takes on the Coastal champ, North Carolina 6-1 and one and 3-0 and oh, as far as uh, their record is concerned. I said to Ken Watlington that I really thought North Carolina, they could run the table. Watlington's a little bit more negative than I am on most things as it comes to sports and his favorite teams. That's because he's a I, pessimist. I, I, I've watched a lot of North Carolina football and over the years. he's watched more than I have, that's for sure. Uh, they're 6-1. and one. It's only the second time they've started 6-1 since 1997. Has Drake hmm. made the real deal? Drake May's really, really, really good. You know what's really, really not good? The defense. defense. The Tar Heel defense. They've, yeah. they've struggled. They've gotten uh, a little bit better. A little bit, but, uh, you know, they've, they found a way to get it done late against Duke last week. They, they found a way to get it done against App State, and the really only one comfortable win they had uh, at the FBS level was against Virginia Tech, and the Hokies are just really down this year. But Carolina's got uh, an off week uh, this week as we record this podcast, and they're home against Pitt. Pitt is the defending ACC champion, uh, not the same team as last year, of course. Uh, then they've got to go to Virginia. That's been a house of horrors for North Carolina over the years. They just cannot win in Charlottesville. Then they go to Wake Forest. 
We know the Deacons are good. They've got yeah. Georgia Tech team, which has kind of played better since they fired the coach, go figure. And then they wrap up the season on Black Friday against NC State, which doesn't look as tough maybe now as it did six weeks ago. But that rivalry, you just never know what's going to happen. Last year's game, case in point, Tar Heels up 14 with two minutes to go. You think it's over. They lost. Yeah, that was that was some kind of game. That one was one for the books. But uh, North Carolina, as we record this podcast in first place in the Coastal Division, you know, it's a great time of the year. We've got the baseball playoffs going on. We've nah, got basketball. Baseball. Nah. Yeah, I know. The Braves are out. And at least you're <laughs> What Braves, a disappointment. Yeah, how about the Braves-Dodgers would have been a great national uh, championship series. Made for TV. And we didn't see it. Didn't. didn't no. Got to score runs. Just, just what everyone thought. The Phillies and the Padres. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, didn't turn out like Now, we get in maybe what we thought in the American League, Astros and the Yankees, yeah. even though the Yankees looked like for a while maybe they weren't going to make it. I'm but just uh, the, the kind of guy that still thinks the Astros are in the National, in the National League, League yeah. with the Dodgers. And the Brewers know, in the American League. Right. But they made the switch. In, yeah. you know, and 30 years ago now? It hasn't exactly. been that long. It's been long, a long time, though. But when you when you look at it, but uh, college basketball just around the corner, North Carolina, your preseason number one, you you, you know almost a unanimous pick to win the ACC as far as, as the preseason poll is concerned, and uh, you know the heels are loaded. But you know, do, will we see the North Carolina team that was an eight seed in the tournament, or will we see the North Carolina team that got on a run and went all the way to the national championship game? I think I'll, I'll lean more towards saying we'll see the team that got on that run because it wasn't just those six games in March and early April down the stretch. They finished 17 and four last season. So oh, well, they put it to Duke twice. They did. They, and they also, the one of those four losses was a 20 point home loss to Duke. And they also lost at home to Pitt, a really, really bad Pitt team. So uh, I think the better version of the Carolina team is the one you'll see this year. They got more depth. They'll miss Brady Manick for sure because he could light it up, but they've got a great recruiting class. And then you've got some sophomores in Dontre Styles from Kenston and yeah. DeMarco Dunn uh, from Fayetteville, uh, the Fayetteville area that uh, that people like Chapel are really high on and think he can give them some some help in the backcourt because last year it was just R.J. Davis and Caleb Love. And if those guys weren't on, then you weren't getting many points from the backcourt. To Man. me, it's just how are they going to handle that pressure because everyone and their mothers is basically picking UNC to not That's only true. win the conference, but also I – mean, they're the odds on favor to win it all. Outside of Brady Manick, it's not like they lost a ton. You got yeah. all these guys coming back. Armando Baycott should be a stud, but how will they handle the pressure? Because spotlight's going to shine bright. There's been three times in my lifetime growing up, uh, my parents with the Carolina, so I grew up a Carolina fan. There's been three times where they lost in the Final Four kind of excruciatingly and came back the next year and pretty much ran the table. And that was the 82 team with Michael Jordan, the uh, the 09 team with uh, Tyler Hansborough. Wayne Ellington, Ty Lawson, who was the player of the year in the ACC. And then just in 2016, when they lost on the excruciating buzzer beater or, you know, never or celebratory <laughs> buzzer beater, however you look at Carolina in uh, to Villanova in the final four, and then came back the next year and, and did probably didn't have as good of a team in 17 as they did in 16. And they still got it done. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch and see how that goes. Mike Schwartz in his first year at East Carolina takes over a project that has been rebuilding Let's see, I've been here 38 years. It's been building for at least 45, 50 years. I mean, it's it's a program that they, you know, I've always said that the programs, and you went to school at UNC Wilmington, uh, you know, the programs like Wilmington and like Davidson and like Charlotte, and those programs, you know, they don't win every single year, but they have their runs, yeah. and they'll, they'll win 20 here, make the tournament, you know, they'll go down for a year or two, they'll go to the tournament a couple of years. East Carolina just can't figure that out, and I just don't know what it's going to take. I hope Coach Schwartz comes in and just, you know, he's going to struggle this year. I think he knows it. And talking to him, you know, it's 
But if he can get the right pieces, and the key now with the transfer portal, you got to keep the right pieces. And that's the hard part because the Pirates had a couple of really good pieces, you know, coming back that transferred. Yeah. The, the thing that stuck out to me most when listening to him talk uh, at Media Day was the fact that he wasn't willing to put any sort of prediction on things. He said, hey, we're not going to put a number, wins, losses, what our goal is, because realistically, I don't think anyone's expecting them to go out and win 18 games because this is going to take time. But the thing is, you got to have a really strong first year. And if you hit the ground running, it's all about recruiting. And if all of a sudden you can start strong and say, hey, we're only going to go up from here, all it takes is one, two, three guys that are really strong recruits. And maybe you're looking at actual building instead of 50 years of talking yeah. about it, actually doing it. We only hope so, but it's been a long time. And you, when you try to build that foundation, I think this year their non-conference schedule, because you know the American year in and year out, really good. Houston's a top three team in the country right. this year. Um so when you look at the non-conference schedule, not really stacked. So maybe it's a chance yeah, to. Yeah, they got games against Wilmington. Yeah, Wilmington's going to be pretty Old good. Dominion, uh, South Carolina. Know, South Carolina's a with big the, one. With the freshman uh, Gigi Jackson, who originally committed to Carolina yeah. for the next season, then reclassified into uh, this year's class, and he'll be a freshman this year for South Carolina. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they do. But they've got, uh, you know, Tough road to hoe. It's always been like that when you think about these big Carolina game December sixth at Trask Coliseum in yeah, Wilmington. The go. Seahawks and the Pirates. Wow. It's always great when they play That's because they used fun. to be conference rivals for all those years, and they would play two times a year, and each arena would be packed every time. And it's not quite like it was. Not that they're not in the same conference, but they should play every year. All right, let's wrap it up. Any final thoughts from you guys tonight? I'm hungry. Yeah, here we go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the high school football state playoffs. Oh, they're fun. It's a blast. I mean, it really is. Those those games, as, as you say, you know, the longer you go in the season, the bigger the games get. Yeah. And that's when the playoffs go. And, you know, if you, you can't afford a bad night. And we've got some, you know, as we talked about earlier in the show, some just outstanding programs that seem to always do well in the playoffs. And, and I think they'll make another couple of long runs for sure. Last year in the four state championship games, we had three representatives from Eastern North Carolina and Jay Trose and Wallace Rose Hill, who, who fell in their games. And, of course, Tarboro, who won back-to-back state championships in the same calendar year last year because the fall 2020 season was played in the spring of 21. They won that one. And then the fall of 21, they went in again. And it used to be that the North Carolina High School Athletic Association split the classes in yeah. football, so you had a 4A and a 4AA, a 3A, and now they don't do that anymore. So my thinking last year was that, you know, Eastern North Carolina wouldn't be represented. We had a lot more teams than anybody else. Anybody else. Greensboro and Charlotte and everybody else, but we had – I had, I had know, a fun time in a triangle that Friday and Saturday last year. I was gone year. that day. I'll try yeah. to do better this yeah, year. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not going on my <laughs> anniversary trip until February. So I'll be in early. the heart of basketball. I'm kidding. Oh, yeah, that's true. Kidding. That's true. We'll Happy anniversary happens. early. Thank you. If we make it till February. Oh, you'll be ha! fine. There you go. All right. This has been the Not In Your Side Sports Podcast. We most certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, join us next time as we continue on with sports at Not In Your Side. <laughs>